Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Pastor Stubbs. It's, it, it's, it's fun to say Pastor Stubbs. One of the first, one of the first times I, I called Pastor Stubbs on the phone after we got back to the States. Actually, you got back to the States because we actually came back before they did for our generation. When he picked up the phone, I said, how you doing, Pastor Stubbs? That's a new one for me. But he is your pastor, and praise the Lord. And, 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 and what my wife said is very true. True friends. Them, everybody who was in Rustenburg, it was a great family. It, it really was. The, the, the MKs and the rest and the privilege that we have to serve together. But we know God changes things sometimes, right? God, God gets into our lives sometimes and we can't really comprehend what's going on, but it's a matter of being obedient. And so I want to share out of a passage of scripture this morning about Jesus getting into somebody's boat and totally changing their life. And it's out of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. As Pastor Chris mentioned, we do aware of the time. And I'm not one of those missionaries that will keep you here for a three-hour sermon, everybody says. Because I know we all got plans. But I do just want to share with you something today about when God gets into our life. And we're going to share the story this morning out of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. We're going to talk about when Jesus gets into your boat or when Jesus gets into your life. Things aren't going to be the same or they should not be the same. And this is the, the story of, of, of some fishermen. And I remember as a young, young child, my wife and I are both missionary kids. We grew up in Africa. I grew up in East Africa in the country of Tanzania and Kenya. My wife in the Central and Democratic Republic of Congo. We met in boarding school. I took the best lady out of boarding school and got out of there. And I said we, would nev- we both said we would never be a missionary. Don't tell God what you're going to do. And, I mean, what you're not going to do. But God got into our life one day, and he changed things, and there was a willingness of being able to go and, and do what we were called to do. And as a young child, we would go down to the coastal area in Dar Salaam, Tanzania, and at night you would see boats that were out there, and sometimes you'd hear rejoicing, and sometimes you wouldn't hear anything, and you would just see them on the shore the next morning cleaning their nets, and, and life would go on. But today we're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read the scripture, and then we're going to take a look at some highlights out of it about when Jesus in his ministry knew where individuals were just as he knew the multitudes that he ministered to. Sometimes it wasn't about the multitudes, it was about the individual. And so this morning in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, one day as Jesus was preaching on the, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him and to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down the nets to catch some fish. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to break, began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had hap- been happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. 
for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they had landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Lord, I pray that you use me this morning as your instrument for what you would have me share for us today. Lord, we give you the glory and honor in your name. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that God knows where you are. God knows what you need today. More than anybody else, he does, and he understands. We're going to talk about today is use a passage of scripture to show how someone's life changed because of the priority of God and Jesus knowing what they needed that day. And God began to move in this story we see now where Jesus, this was early on in his, in, in his ministry, and, and we see where the, the crowds were pressing in, and he didn't have anywhere to go, but it wasn't a coincidence. It was never a coincidence where Jesus in, did ministry and how he did ministry. And so now we begin to see, this was early on in his ministry, they, they had heard about the miraculous things that were happening, and, and, we, and now he's standing on the shore, and, and we read the scripture where they were listening to the word of God, but guess what? They were listening to the Son of God share the message that he was sent to minister in. And now we begin to see, we think that when we read that, we think, well, you know, somebody studied the Bible, they're, they're Googling stuff, information. No, this was Jesus who was speaking. But I want you to notice something here. In this passage, we don't have what was shared. Because in this passage, it wasn't so much what was being shared, it was who was being ministered to. And so now we see where he, they were pressing in and they were listening to the message, the word of God, Jesus speaking. And now he doesn't have anywhere to go, so what does he do? He starts looking to where he can go. And it was not a coincidence that there were some fishermen who had been fishing all night. And so as he turns, I'm sure Simon is, is there. He's just kind of listening and he's cleaning his nets. And I'm sure he looks up and is like, oh, brother, come in my way. Two boats, different boats, but who does he get in? He gets into Simon's boat. Gets into Simon's boat and he tells him, push out a little bit farther. So that he has a place that he can minister. All of a sudden now that boat becomes the pulpit. And guess what? For lack of a better pun, he had a caught audience. And that was Simon in the boat, sitting there, having to listen. And But again, we don't hear what was said, but it was a matter of when he was finished, what does he tell Simon to do? Push out a little bit farther and put your nets out. Now, can you imagine, this is Simon who had been fishing all night long, hadn't caught anything. He was a lifetime fisherman, and if, he, if I were him, I'd be sitting there saying, you're crazy, dude. We just spent all night. We're cleaning our nets. We've already cleaned our nets. This is the middle of the day. We don't catch fish in the middle of the day. And, and just go on and on and throw a fit. But you know what? Simon knew enough about Jesus because he had been in his presence before and he had seen some things that had happened. But yet he was back to doing what he was comfortable with. And that's the same thing sometimes in our lives. There are times in our lives where we get up and close and we're around others and we go to church, or we've been to church, or do something else, but yet we're not caught enough to really become dedicated to what it was, and we go back to what we're comfortable with. And that's what was happening here. But now, you know what, he's, he's in the boat, he can't go anywhere. But what does he answer? He answers, Master, but if you say so, we'll do so. You know what, many times in our lives, that's what it needs to be. But I want you to notice, a master, a master is somebody who what, is just has, 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 a, has a life in, in, in a way that somebody else has a, has a speaking into their life. And so now we begin to see when, when now all of a sudden they, they are obedient because he said, if you say so, I'll do so. You're crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. So they throw their nets out in the middle of the day, 
And they begin to catch so much fish that, what? The nets begin to tear, begin to break. They call their friends. They come over. And he's master, and it's a teacher, and it's an authority. It's somebody. And he said, okay, but now all of a sudden, things change. Jesus is in his boat. There's a beautiful catch that's happening. I'm sure there's rejoicing. They're, they're calling their friends over, and Simon's there. And I call it the aha moment. The aha moment was probably they were doing all this, and he looked, and he caught Jesus' eye. And it was all of a sudden like, okay, aha, I get it. This was a miraculous catch. Jesus is in my boat. And what does he say? What does he say? Get away from me, Lord. Lord, get away from me now. Lord, it was master before, now it's Lord. Lord is somebody who has control of our lives. And that's somebody that we understand that we are surrendering to them. And now it's Lord, I'm the worst sinner. Please remove yourself from me. But that's what was the point of Jesus' ministry at this point. Because all of a sudden now, he began to see Jesus, who Jesus really was, and that was the Lord. We began to see Jesus as our Lord. We began to see ourselves of who we are, and that is, we are unworthy. Why change, change? Because change was going to take place in his life. You see, this was the same Simon who we know of later on to be Peter. He says, Simon Peter... Our lives get changed when Jesus gets in our boat. When he gets into our life, when he knows where we are individually and what's taking place in our life. There was so much that was taking place, there was an amazement. This was a miraculous catch. They were astonished what they were getting. But I want you to notice something there in verse 10. Verse 10, Jesus tells him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For today... And going forward for the rest of your life, you're going to be fishers of men and women. He was using the context of somebody to relay to somebody what was going to totally change their life. Don't be afraid. I'm here to tell you today, he's saying the same thing to us today. Don't be afraid. You see, because when Jesus gets into our boat and he gets into our life, we can't do it alone. We can't. You see, this is the same Simon Peter that we know of Peter later on. If we know anything about Peter as a disciple, when he put down the nets and he followed Jesus, for the, committed his life to him as a disciple, if there was ever going to be somebody that's going to say something or get in trouble as a disciple, Peter was a number one in line. And he did it. That's just who he was. He was an aggressive person, and he was going to do something. But you know what? Something changed his life. And that was when Jesus was getting ready to leave, and he was telling them, hey, I'm going to leave, I'm going to depart. And they were sitting there saying, again, like, you're crazy, How you, what, what are we going to do? And he told them to go and wait for something. And that was what we call the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because then, from then on, you see where Peter in the New Testament church was the person who was then on that day of Pentecost in the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and in the speaking of tongues on the day of Pentecost. He was the one that stood up and gave salvation messages. And from there on, you see where also they were going to the temple with John and the cripple was healed. They were thrown in jail. And who was it who was standing up and sharing the true gospel of Jesus Christ? Peter. Friends, we are a product today of their faithfulness because one day Jesus got into his life and changed his direction. And I'm here to tell you today, it should be no different for us. No different. Do not be afraid. We cannot do it alone. We begin to see now where all of a sudden in this changed life, God begins to direct. 
because Jesus took the opportunity to minister to somebody who was doing the normal. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're in, in, in a point where you're just on a float trip. You're enjoying life. You're in a boat, fishing, whatever it might be. But I'm here to tell you that God is looking for people today as well who are willing to put it all down. To put it all down, not only for here in Bedford, United States, or the rest of the world. God is still calling people today. God is beginning to move in a new way in a younger generation, but I'm also to tell you that God uses the older generation as well. Just recently, we had a commissioning service where some friends of ours that we've gotten to know in the state of Nebraska, in their mid, mid to late 60s, been a head nurse and nur overseeing some nurses in a hospital. They retired and they realized they were not ready just to go sit and do nothing. We just commissioned them as short-term missionaries of the country of Malawi to be short-term missionaries. I don't know where you are in your life, but God can still use you today. God can begin to move in your life. But I'm also here to tell you something today as well. Just as we have the privilege to go, and we do count on a privilege, we tell our children every time we get on an airplane, if I had my choice, I would be sitting on the sofa with Kaya and Kinley and playing golf with my son and my daughter-in-law and doing the life thing. But you know what? We knew we wouldn't be right in doing that. That's not what it's about. It's about being obedient. It's not the simple things because you know what? As I mentioned before, my wife and I, we're both missionary kids. We said we'd never be missionaries. That was what our parents did, but I can tell you today that one chapel service at Evangel University, I can't tell you what was said, but I know the challenge was given, and that day Jesus got into my boat. He got into my life, into our life, and he said the old hymn was being sung and saying, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll do what you want me to do. And from that point on, we surrendered, and we envy those who were at a young age, would look at a map at whatever age, and God said, we're calling you to this country, and that's where they ended up. That's not the way it was for us, but it was a matter of being obedient. And there were different times where God got into our life and our boat, and it changed directions, and going to South Africa was one of them. We never dreamt we'd be missionaries in South Africa. We grew up in East Africa, and different places were enjoying life and the ministry they were doing in Africa at the point. But God got into our boat one day, and he changed directions, and we're here to tell you today that's where God has us, and that's what we're doing. But also it's a matter of just being obedient and saying, you know what, in my life today, where are you? Where's your life today? As we came into town and driving through town the other day, Chris and Amy, Pastor Chris and Pastor Amy brought us over here. We looked, walked through the church and driving around town and coming to church today with Ian sitting in front with me and just observing and, and driving through town, I began to realize that God has a plan for this place as well. He does. And as we were worshiping today, my prayer my prayer is that God will get into Bedford, that God will get into First Assembly, that God will get into Baptist Church and all the different churches that we went around because it is about building the kingdom of God. There are people who went by today, they might not even be awake yet today, they need to be in here, they need to be in church. And we begin to pray that God will begin to use you. You see, you have people in your realm, in your life, that we will never be able to reach. And we have people in our lives, in our ministry in South Africa that you'll never be able to reach. Can I tell you today, it's not just Pastor Chris and Amy and, and, and the kids' responsibility to reach this community. It's all of ours. It's all of ours. And when God begins to move in our lives, it goes back to this phrase that he told Simon Peter that day. Don't be afraid. I'm here to tell you today, the enemy wants nothing more than to defeat us by putting fear in us, of sharing what we need to be sharing, 
And I want to pray for you all today that God will begin to lay down those Holy Spirit divine appointments in Bedford, Indiana, and other places that God will begin to bring those places. And when you, somebody asks you a question or just comes up to you and starts talking to you and asks you where you go to church or whatever it might be, what's the difference in your life? That that aspect of not being afraid to be willing to stand there and say, can I pray for you right here? Whether it be the grocery store or, or treat, treat place that we went and had ice cream last night or wherever it might be. That God will begin to put that strength of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, because the power of the Holy Spirit is to do what? Is to be a witness. It's a witness of what? A witness of somebody who has testified, who knows something that is true. And you are going to stand there and witness to the fact that we raise, we serve a risen Savior who is coming back and we have a message to share with them. It's not that we just keep it to ourselves. And I want to pray for you all today, just like you're going to pray for us, that God will begin to raise up people and God will begin to raise up individuals in this church to come alongside Pastor Chris and Amy. Because that's what it's all about. I truly believe that God's going to begin to pour out His Spirit in a new way, but it starts with us as individuals. So can you pray with me this morning? Father, I do just come before you this morning. God, I pray that you will begin to just move in each and every one of our lives. Lord, it starts with us. God, I pray that you get into our boat. You get into our life. God, that you rock our life. You rock our boat. And Lord, it's a matter of just putting our faith in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that as we take a step and we go ashore, and God, that you begin to move in our lives, that you're going to begin to use people in a new and mighty way. God, that you're going to pour out your spirit upon people. You're going to bring divine appointments. Lord, you're going to bring opportunities. And God, we pray for Bedford, Indiana today. God, we pray for these communities around. Lord, we pray for the wisdom and the strength. And we pray for our nation today as well. God, we know that we cannot do it alone. And Lord, I pray that you get into our lives today. Father, we want to give you the glory and the honor. As every head is bowed this morning, one of the first things, that step of faith that maybe some of you haven't done yet today is a matter, and I don't know where you are today, we're visitors today, but maybe the first step that God's got getting into your life today is the aspect of surrendering it all and saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a matter, that's the step. And I'm here to tell you today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's you here today, if you would just slip up your hand, I want to pray for you this morning. And all you're saying is, Kirk, I want you to pray that God will begin to do a new thing in my life and I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here today? Anybody? What that means to me today is we have people who God has gotten into your life at some point. And God's going to begin to use you in a new way. And I pray that you will... I ask that you will pray with us for the same thing in South Africa as well. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit as well. And as I turn the service back to Pastor Chris, the biggest thing I want to leave with you today is this. God knows where you are today. He knows what you need. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. As I was listening to the word this morning, I'm struck. I've asked the praise team to sing the song, the new song they've been singing the last few weeks called Trust in God. Because everything about Simon or Peter's story is an issue of trust. 
Do I trust this guy who's trying to take my boat? Do I trust this guy who's just told me to go do what I know makes no sense to do? Do I trust this guy who's now told me that I'm going to give up fishing and I'm going to become a fisher of men? If we're going to allow the Lord into our boat, it's an issue of trust. Do I trust him enough to be who he said he would be? Can I trust him enough to follow whatever he tells me to do, no matter how crazy it may seem? It's a trust issue. And as we conclude this morning, um, I want to take a moment and pray over Kirk and Marlene. I want to, uh, in a moment, I'm going to ask them to come forward. I'm going to ask the elders and the board members to come forward and anyone who wants to. We're going to lay hands on them and we're going to pray for them. Because they're trusting the Lord that's leaving behind their children and their grandbabies is what the Lord is telling them to do. And I know how tough that is. I'm also going to invite, she didn't have an opportunity to share, but Amy mentioned that Rebecca is here. Rebecca is also one of our very good friends serving in Uganda. They just happen to be here at the same time, and her two children are here. I'm going to have them come as well, and I want to pray for them because Rebecca is going to be leaving one of her children behind. And, um, and I know that. I know that feeling. I'm feeling this, a trust issue. Do I trust that my Jesus will cover my children when I'm not here? We walked through COVID with two of our children on the other side of the planet. It's not always easy to trust Jesus, but it's always right to trust Jesus. So if you would, would you stand with me? And, and as we're kind of preparing ourselves to do that, if you're here this morning, I know Kirk gave a, 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 an altar call, but if you have never trusted Jesus, as your Lord and your Savior. You notice he refers to him in two ways. Simon does his master and Lord. And that reveals a transition. He wasn't just somebody who was a master at something. He now became his Lord. I would encourage you. It's a prayer away. It's one step away. But letting Jesus into your boat is the most incredible thing that you'll ever do. So I'm going to invite uh, Kirk and Marlene and Rebecca and Maddie and Kayla to come. If you guys would just come stand up here, Amy, boys, will you gather around them? And then I'm going to ask the elders and the board members if you would come and stand with them. Um, yeah, yeah, face me. That's always better. Face me. And then anyone who feels led, you can come down and lay your hands on us and pray over them. But we're going to take a moment to pray over them, pray the Lord's blessing upon them, upon their ministry and upon their lives. And uh, if you would, I know we've gone over time. I clearly don't care. So will you stay in with me in prayer just for a few more minutes? Lord, we worship you this morning. Pray with me, church. Come on, let's, let's lift them before the Lord. Father, we worship you. We praise your mighty name this morning. Lord, this morning, we put our trust in you. Father, this morning, we confess that you are worthy of our trust. You are worthy of our obedience. You are worthy of everything that we can give to you. Lord, this morning, I come before you and I lift up Kirk and Marlene. Lord, is they are here and, and gathering prayer support, gathering financial support. We've given to them financially. Now we support them in prayer. We stand with them and we say, Lord, won't you use them? 
Lord, as they follow your direction eventually back to South Africa, Lord, will you use them to impact the IAG? Will you use them to touch the Assemblies of God in South Africa? Will you use them to strengthen the churches and local pastors? Will you use them to fulfill every purpose and calling that you have over their lives? Father, I pray that this next season would be season of great fundraising, of great prayer support raising. God, that in the next few months that they would enjoy being with family, but Lord, that you would provide for them in every way that they need provision so that when they get on that plane later this year or early next year, Lord, that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that once more you've called them to go back. Once more you've called them to travel into deep waters. Lord, and as they throw their nets, God, let the harvest be plentiful. God, we commit to praying for them. We commit to standing with them today, not just in this moment, but in the days that are ahead. Father, we as a church to commit to, to, to helping them to fulfill your call upon their lives. Lord, I pray over Rebecca and pray over Derek, who's not here. Lord, I pray that you would bless them as they serve in Uganda. Father, I pray you know the work that's going on there. You know their needs. Father, I pray in this moment you would be with her as mom. Lord, as she prepares everything for Matt to stay and to go to school, Lord, I pray that you would bless in all those preparations. Lord, I pray over Matty that you would bless him as he goes to school. Lord, that these days would be days where you, where you draw him and when you climb into his boat in new and in fresh ways. Lord, I pray for Kyla. I pray that you would be with her as she gets the incredible privilege of going back to Uganda, but also the incredible challenge of going back to Uganda. Father, I pray that you would plant in her everything that she has need of for this season, that this wouldn't be a season of fear and loneliness, but God, that it would be a season where you crawl into her boat and she finds you in new and incredible ways. God, that she would look back on the days ahead, not with regret, not with frustration, but days where you met her. She found you in her boat. Father, I thank you for the privileges that it is for us to gather. I thank you for this church body. Lord, there are days where I marvel that you have given Amy and I the privilege of coming back here and pastoring this church. Lord, we want you to come into our boats. We want you to come and be a part of what's happening here. We want you to call us out into deep waters. We want you to give us direction that maybe doesn't make sense in the moment because you have a harvest for us that we don't even know about. God, we're repairing our nets right now, but Lord, there is a calling into deeper things. There is a calling into a greater harvest that we confess we want this morning. Father, as we all eventually leave this place this morning, we confess our trust in you. Maybe it's newfound trust. Maybe it's trust born of years. But Lord, we trust in you, our Savior. Father, as we all eventually leave this place today, will you help us to walk in step with you so that we can walk in the fullness of what you have for us? Go with us now, we ask in Jesus' name mighty name. Amen. I'm going to invite Kirk and Marlene to make their way out quickly before you're dismissed. I would encourage you this morning as you go, don't run out of this place. Find some people, greet some people, maybe find some people you don't know. You ready? Here's the phrase. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Can I introduce myself? And greet those that are here this morning. There are several people who are relatively new. It's good to, be, to have you with us this morning. Go in the blessings of the Lord. 
And we'll see you again on Wednesday, or we'll see you again next Sunday. Bless you.